forgiveness. Hey, my name is Chuck. I have a new life in Christ. I'm in recovery for codependency, anger, pride, and this week, not trusting in God's will as I should. Hey, so friends, tonight we're going to continue in a series we've been through over the last few weeks called The Attributes of God. I thought it might be good to define an attribute. It's defined as an essential and permanent characteristic of God's nature. In other words, we are literally kind of describing who God is. And tonight, I have the joy of exploring with you the goodness of God. I think it's interesting because the word good, much like the word love, is really overused in our society. We talk about lots of things being good. He's a good dad. That's a good cup of coffee. Oh, I really like that cereal. It's really good. That restaurant is a really, really good restaurant. And I think that the word goodness has become so mundane and so overused that when we think about the goodness of God, we sometimes are left without a lot of emotion that comes with that. And what's meant to happen in our soul just doesn't happen. So what is God's goodness? God's goodness exists within his infinite nature so that he is unchangeably always good. In fact, his mercy flows from his goodness. Now, God is shown to be good in our experience, but he is also good by definition. He's never been faced with a catch-22 situation, forced to choose between the lesser of two evils, or flummoxed into a decision that was anything other than completely good. Therefore, and maybe this is the hard part of all this, when we're suffering and God still moves, it's good. Even though we may not feel it's good, even though we may not be able to see it's good, it's still good. When you think of that definition and you read the words, God is good, see, I think some things ought to happen in our hearts. I think we ought to experience things like wonder and amazement and most of all, awe. That the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, is still so involved with his creation that he wants to demonstrate his goodness to us on a regular basis. But I am convinced that many of us live day to day with no wonderment whatsoever. And so when the harsh realities of life start pressing in and things start happening, instead of turning to God's goodness, what we tend to do is medicate our pain. We figure out what looks good to us in that moment, but that is not how we were created to live. We were meant to live with eyes gazing upward and outward. We were designed to live with hearts that are searching and hungry and being satisfied in the goodness of God, a place where we can totally rest. And we know that that rest comes only in Him. Every word we speak, 
every action we take, every decision we make, and every desire we entertain was really meant to be looked at and evaluated in awe of how good God is. So if I do it, it ought to reflect the goodness that has been shown to me. And I'd remind all of us tonight, if you're not getting your sense of wonder vertically from your Creator, you will look for it somewhere else in the creation. And so here's a question for me, as well as a question for you. When the circumstances of life happen, when the difficulties of life show up, what do you turn to in order to feel good? Or maybe a second question. Are you shopping for the buzz of wonders simply in places where it never can be found? See, I would say to all of us, I think the place where we find the goodness of God most demonstrated is when we find ourselves in the place of our ultimate need. When life has gone crazy, when we find ourselves in the tunnel of chaos and we don't know which end is up and which end is down and we're not sure where we are to go, I want you to think about the prophet Jeremiah. He's placed in a dungeon. The dungeon is a mud pit and he is sunk into that mud pit so deeply that he's sunk in the mud up unto his arms. He may never see his family again. He doesn't believe that he'll ever get out of this moment. And so in the book of Lamentations, in Lamentations 3, before he really describes what I think is really the goodness of God, he says these words. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. I remember the bitterness and gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Listen, friends. Have you ever been there? Where you remember it all. And you don't know if there's a way out. And you wonder if you'll ever experience goodness again. And you even wonder if God is good. There are those moments that show up for every human being. We all experience that. It's part of the brokenness and the sin that has infiltrated our world. Our world. But I want you to see what Jeremiah does. Listen to his next words. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And look at how he ends this. He says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. 
See, I would say to us that Jeremiah is showing us what to do. When we have tried to make good out of our own life, and we have not sought the goodness of God. See, he sits there and says, that's what you have to call to mind. God, by definition, is good regardless of the things we're experiencing. His goodness never changes, and we have to choose to believe that, even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it. And so Jeremiah uses words to start that passage. He says you need to call to mind. Because call to mind is a choice. It means the thought that's not naturally there. It has to be put in there. Call to mind is the primary task of Scripture. As we call to mind and we remember, even when our life doesn't reflect it, that God is ultimately good. Jeremiah says, I may feel utterly forsaken, alone, and crushed. But God's word tells me my feelings aren't true. I choose to believe him even when I don't feel it. There are those times when I have to get by myself and shout and remind myself that God is good. And then there are those times when I cannot make that work for me. And I have to have a community of people to remind me of God's goodness, to speak of God's goodness, to remind me of the ways in which God has been faithful, even in that moment where I can't see it and feel it. Call to mind that it's been by grace you've been saved through faith, and that's the gift of God. Call to mind that you have been saved for a purpose, to bless you and make you a blessing. Your salvation was not accidental. God has a plan for your life. This good God loves you. And you have to call that to mind. I had to learn to call it to mind as well. I'm a formerly incarcerated person, and I received a 10-year sentence in the state of Texas in 1996 for a sexual relationship with a student and it was something for which I was guilty. And I completed that prison term in 2005. I have a picture that I want you to see. That picture was taken in 1996. It was taken for my prison ID. When people see that picture, they go, you don't look very happy. Uh, duh. <laughs> right? I mean, after all. You're going to prison in that moment. See, I was up to my armpits in the mud that I created for myself. And it was there I had to call to mind that God is good. See, you, you don't judge God's goodness by your circumstances. You understand your circumstances through the lenses of God's goodness. So if dependence is the objective, weakness is this advantage. And so on those quiet nights, when in a prison the only thing you can hear at 2 o'clock in the morning is a hall porter out there with a mop, and he slings that mop on a concrete floor, and he hits the cell doors as he goes through. There is no sound like it, and there is no more lonely moment than that. And I had to call to mind some things. 
Because in those moments you feel lonely. And in those moments you feel forsaken. And in those moments you wonder if God will ever deliver you from this pit. And if he doesn't, will you be faithful? And in those moments, I was reminded of a song my friend Amy Basir taught me years before. She was a vocational missionary that helped plant a church in Middletown, Connecticut. And she put words or put music to words that we have talked about tonight. And on those quiet nights, I would sing quietly to myself. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. In moments where everything around me looked dark and hopeless. I got to call to mind the goodness of God. For God is good. His words are good. His actions are good. When he gives, it's good. When things are taken away, it's good. It is Job who said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so tonight, I would remind all of us, regardless of the circumstance in which you find yourself, God is good.